0: You are listening to the GNU World Order, episode three hundred and fifty-seven. My name is Clatu, and today we are continuing through the G section of the AP Software series in Slackware. If you're new to the show, that means that we are looking at literally every binary executable on the Slackware distribution. If you're not running Slackware, that's okay. You probably have access to these binary executables, these applications, through your distribution's software repository. So whatever I mention here, you can probably find for yourself. Before I get started with that, though, I want to take some listener feedback, because I do have some listener feedback. I've got two little, uh, bits of, of, listener feedback here. The first one is from Matthias, and he says, uh, the future Windows admin at my place of work was not able to edit a PDF when using a tool the company had paid for. It came from some authority, and the company was to pin it on their walls. I, I need some professional tool, he claimed, so I gave it a try. LibreOffice was able to import the PDF into its draw or impress component. The edit went fine. And Matthias said um, that the PDF uh, that he had to edit was sort of a form, if you imagine like an HTML form. You know, it had some, some question and then a blank that you would fill in. So he was able to edit it and do whatever he needed to in, lab- in LibreOffice. And that's, that's great feedback. I have found that to be true. LibreOffice does seem to do really, really well with PDF manipulation. I think it is the LibPoplar library that makes that possible if I'm if I'm remembering correctly. And uh yeah, I I think I've have I used that before? I don't think I have used that before myself, because um I, I have I, I'm usually doing different things than than I would need to do from From LibreOffice, like I'm I'm very frequently editing metadata or chopping it up and adding page, inserting pages and stuff like that, which I guess I could do in LibreOffice, but it's just more efficient usually for me to do with PDFTK. But um, it's it's great to hear that LibreOffice came through. The other little bit of information here is from Ken Fallon, and he he was referring to the episode in which I was talking about how sort of surprised I was that I accidentally got a bunch of people using free software to play uh, some games online. And he and he said on his part, and indeed uh, in a couple of instances he's aware of, uh, Mumble specifically has not been performing very well. It's been very crashy and um, has been causing problems. And while I will take that as you know general feedback i mean it's certainly not useful feedback i guess for me as much as it is for mumble i mean that's the sort of thing that if we want an action from this from this comment then it would be a bug report with mumble probably right so that 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 side of it is not useful but um i think it's it's important to note and significant to note when software causes problems I will however say that uh what was it last week or the week before it was it was over the weekend anyway and uh yeah so i guess it would have been the week just just this past weekend not 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 this weekend just the 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 one before um then the there there was a conference a a geek uh gaming conference that because of covid nineteen and the way that the um the the region is being Uh, hit with it, and and it is not really being handled all that well. So the conference uh, had to exist only online, and it was, you know, as with many conferences lately, um, it's just one of those things. The pandemic causes things to move online because of social distancing. So the conference was online, and for the first time, because it was online, I was able to attend it. Uh, I, I wasn't able to attend it quite as much as I wanted to, but I, I was able to attend, and they were using Discord for their for their um, for their audio. It was a gaming conference, so you had to talk to each other because uh, it was a tabletop RPG conference, so you had to talk to each other. Um, and the way that they did that was through Discord, which is a uh, non-open source. It is a closed source application that happens to be compatible with with Linux as well as Mac and Windows. So um, you can sign on and sign up and sign on and you get onto this server network. And it's a little bit like um, you might think of it as IRC, you might think of it as, you know, any chat application, but but they also have voice components. And I, and I will say that, uh, you know, nine times out of ten, there was at least one person in every group that had some kind of problem with the process. Um, and And that's not a commentary against really anything other than to say, getting people together in a consistent and reliable way with a lot of different systems involved is difficult. And that's just a fact. So I would love to see us as a as a larger, as a greater, as a great computer community, open source and non open source, uh, I would love it if we could solve that problem. I really do. Um, And I, and I don't know what the, what the solution is because it does require a lot of human intervention. This process, you know, you, you, there's hardware on the end of each computer that has to be configured for that computer. and, that gets difficult. Uh, it, you know, it's almost as if though, and this is a thought experiment, but I, I would w- almost wonder what would happen if there was some, and gosh, this sounds horrible, but pretend like for a moment there was a specific connection just for audio input. Not, not even the three. What is it? Three and three point three millimeter or quarter of an inch, uh, eighth inch uh, jack. Not even that. I want it more specific than that. So it's it's a a connection that only works for audio input on computers. And computers ship with this connection, and so you can only connect one thing into it, and that is an audio input device. And maybe there's like, like one audio input device sold. So it's a it is that there are no choices in this matter and there's no way to screw it up and when you plug it into this, to, to your computer your OS is hard-coded to recognize it as an audio input device and to make it the default audio device across all open applications or heck, all applications that open at any point on your computer and, and that would be maybe a step in a direction probably not the right direction but maybe one towards consistency. Because it's just that tough, you know? It really does seem to be that difficult. And I don't know who to blame. I don't know whose fault it is. I don't know if it's user error, if it's drivers, if it's applications. Who knows? A little bit more pointed about Mumble is that I have been using, just as point of reference, I've been using a flat pack of Mumble on a Slackware 14.2 system. That's what I have been using most frequently. Now I do have a, I think, a flat pack of Mumble, yeah, flat pack of Mumble installed on my RHEL laptop as well, uh, RHEL 8, Um, and in both cases, although I I really would feel most comfortable speaking about the Slackware one, because that's the one that I use four times a week for about two hours at a time, um i i can say that it has been it has been performing brilliantly no problems so i don't know it's weird um but it is a problem i think across many different boards all right that's the listener feedback so let's get started with the review of software so the first or rather software packages so the first one that i want to take a look at is the uh, is it's ghost script uh, related package, which is GhostScript fonts. That name is a little bit of a misnomer because it actually doesn't contain fonts. It contains information about fonts. So it's got AFM, PFB, and PFM files. I don't know exactly what each of those different formats does. But um, I know that, generally, we could say that it is an Adobe, an early Adobe PostScript... I don't actually don't even know if it's uh, related to PostScript. I think it is, to an early PostScript implementation by Adobe, from Adobe, where the AFM, for instance, stands for Adobe Font Metrics. So its point is to provide the kerning information turning and letting and all that other stuff, information about a font that is being used on a printer in a PostScript file. So it is uh, metadata of sorts about a specific set of fonts. fonts now just includes that stuff in the font file, so there's no need for AFM and PFM and, and, and all of those files. Why they're included in the version of a ghost script that is included with slackware i don't exactly know and i took a look at so afm are text files you can you can you can do a less on an afm file for instance here's a less slash user slash share slash font slash type one slash z 3034 AFM, and it tells you that it is that there's a comment here generated by pfa edit The creation date of the Comet was back in 2002. December 25, 2341. So almost midnight on Christmas Day of 2002. Font name, URW Chancery L. And full name is URW Chancery L Medium Italic. Family name, URW Chancery L. Weight Medium, Copyright Blah. Italic Angle, Is Fixed Pitch. Lots of little little meta data type things like that. You can look at that file yourself if you're really, really curious. And, um, the PFM and PFB files are binary files, so you can't you can't quite look at them exactly the same way, although you can a little bit. You can look at, uh, you know, you can look for strings in the PFM and PFB files, but it's, um, it's a lot less, I would say, less informative in general. So I'm I'm assuming and so the the list of the uh, let's look at just grep font name in all afm files in that directory. So you get a list of all the fonts that it covers and it's it, it's um an interesting assortment. It's it's l- a lot of adobe fonts. URW Gothic, URW Bookman, Courier, Century School, something or another, Charter, Courier again, t- uh, Courier 10 pitch. Different than courier, uh, some Dingbats, some Luxies, Nimbus, Palladio, I guess that's not Paladino. It's Paladio. Um, standard symbol, Utopia, and Chancery again. So there's there's a couple of different uh, different uh, f- files there, and it, so it could be that these are just kind of the standard uh, postscript. I don't know. Um, fonts or something, and that's why Ghostscript wants to cover them, I, I'm not really sure. It, that very well could be the collection of sort of default fonts from Adobe, though, for for all I know. But but again, I, I could be wrong. So, because, I mean, Luxie isn't an Adobe font, for instance. Luxie is, um, it was designed for the... For, for linux for x window system or i should i should say it was designed for x window system i don't know that it was designed for linux uh but it was designed by um by you know it, it's a, it's free it's free software so it's it's not um it's certainly not an adobe font so yeah i'm not i'm not uh, 100% sure why those afm packages or or th- why that set of afm files are included and I don't I don't know what they are I don't know that they are ever used in real life from from Ghostscript but there you go that's what that's what that package is it's a, a set of f- font like files or font data uh, d- distributed with with at least the version of Ghostscript that was included in Slackware for all I know the newer versions maybe drops it. Uh, I don't know that for sure I'm just I'm speculating. So the next uh, package is m- much more interesting in in my opinion it's gphoto uh, technically gphoto2 but we'll we'll call it as as the package is called which is oh it is gphoto2 never mind. So gphoto2-2.5.10 is what ships with slackware um and if you look at the package it it's kind of it's deceptively simple uh you look at packages gphoto2 Um, It says, libgphoto2 is a cross-platform digital camera library, and gphoto2 is a command-line client for it. The um, website is gphoto.org, and uh, userbin, userbin, gphoto2. And the rest is pretty much, I think, translation files or something. I don't know. Yeah, locale. I think it's just translation files. Didn't really look at them. But um, it is a, a very simple, singular, little application, uh, there's some stuff with scripting that you can do, um, which I've never explored, so I think the, the most interesting thing really is is the command itself, because for the longest time I saw GPhoto and it assumed it was some kind of old gnome photo application, like maybe a GUI or something. That's kind of what I figured. And indeed, if I just kind of do a quick search in my application launcher, if I type in GPhoto, uh, a an application gets offered to me to uh, digital camera configure camera, K-A-M-E-R, which is some kind of KDE camera interface. So, not very interesting on the whole. It's something that I probably th- think, and you might think, something that maybe doesn't really matter that much to you. And, um, as it turns out, it's it's a pretty darn interesting application. It, it can do, well, in, it can do, with, in theory, quite a quite a lot with your with the camera of your choice uh... you're limited by obviously what what it supports and you can find that out with gphoto2 dash dash list dash cameras and you probably want to pipe that through less now that i've typed it and hit return there we go uh... and it has quite a bit of it's got a really really long list of, of cameras that it supports. And so if you know the brand of your camera, you may even want to narrow it down with a grep. So instead of doing less, I'm going to do pipe, and I'll do a grep, um, I guess dash I, and I'll just type in Samsung, because I know that the, 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 the mobile device that I have handy here is a Samsung device. So let's see if, it, if I get any good hits here uh it looks like there's a whole line of samsung supported devices uh some some things that are embedded it looks like into other devices for instance here's a google inc for lg electronics samsung nexus 457 and 10 and so on so there are lots of uh things like that 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 might you know be might be um related, but not not an exact match. And and then there's other stuff like Samsung Galaxy Models, MTP, Gal- Samsung Galaxy Models, MTP plus ADB, and so on. So you've you got lots of different things to choose from. Some of them are quite generic, like Galaxy Models, that, that seems to be pretty all-encompassing, versus something quite specific, like Samsung YP-K5, YP-M1, YP-P2, and so on. Alright, well turns out that the camera that I have access to is listed here and to see if it detects my camera well first of all I need to plug in my device right so I would I would plug in my, my little mobile device here USB C to USB whatever that is B I think it is and uh, then I'll do a G photo 2 dash dash auto dash detect to see if it if it picks up that camera and it looks like it does. It says here that there's a camera connected to USB colon 002 comma 009. So it, it obviously picks up the camera. But now let's let's look and see if it knows what abilities my camera has, or, or rather, what abilities it, it knows are supported from Gphoto 2 to my camera. And the command for that is gphoto2 space dash dash abilities if you don't want to do, um, the whole word, abilities, you can just do a dash A. And it says, abilities for camera, it tells you what what dr- driver it's using, or, or what what it detects your camera as. Serial port support? No. USB support? Yes. Capture choices. Capture not supported by the driver. Okay, so I can't capture from this camera to this computer. If you have a camera that has that support then you can do all kinds of cool stuff you can control your camera through the through Gphoto too so you can take snapshots you can capture audio you can t- capture video and all kinds of things like that configuration support no okay we're, we're 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 not doing so great here but finally it says okay so we can delete selected files on camera yes delete all files on camera no file preview thumbnail support no and file upload support yes honestly that's the thing that appeals to me file upload support because uh i think i think anyone who has a mobile device will probably agree that unless your mobile device has some kind of fancy interface with your computer such as kde connect or, and i think there's a gnome connect type application now or maybe some kind of just i don't know built-in support for to to act like a normal usb device that sort of thing then it's sometimes absurdly hard to get files from your computer over to your camera. You can try to do it with a Bluetooth, but Bluetooth is painfully slow, and it's often more frustrating than it's it's worth, and so you may just not want to go about doing that. There's also sometimes a problem getting files from your phone to your computer. I mean, the number of files that have been tunneled through Google Photos or Google Drive or Dropbox or, you know, whatever whatever else there is out there is just, it's got to be ridiculous by now because people just can't get their stupid data from one device to another, which I think is one of the, the greatest failings of mm, probably modern technology. I mean, it's just silly that we are carrying around mobile devices and, and, and find it difficult to get a file from a device that is sitting on our desk to another device sitting on the same desk—that that's a real pity that that's a problem. Now there are some really good applications that you can get through F Droid to find uh, to to get a to 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 basically open up a little server on your phone, and then you go to that location on your computer it's on your local network, and you can download files from your phone. That's certainly the best. Solution for getting the phone the the files off of the phone to my computer without going through some weird internet service that I've discovered myself, but to get a file from a computer to the phone sometimes is, is quite is quite painful. No more now that GPhoto2 uh, has been discovered. So GPhoto2 has an option, and if I do a dash dash help, one could see it, and that is the downloading, uploading, and manipulating files. Now there's a bunch of stuff in there. There's list folders, list files, make directory, remove directory, and so on, Uh, get file, uh, delete file, you know, stuff like that. And, And as we've seen through the dash dash abilities, your device may or may not support certain you know any any one of those options. So if you want to delete all files and and your camera thing says doesn't support it, then that's not going to work for you. But it did say that I could upload a file. So let's I'm going to take a I'm going to grab a a file here an EPUB f- file, Pagana D20 dot EPUB, and I'm going to try to upload it to my phone. Now it's going to fail the first time, but that is a planned failure. So I'm going to do GPhoto2 dash dash upload dash file and then the path to Pegana d20 dot epub and it gets, it gets it spits back a whole big error a big scary looking error it says error you need to specify a folder starting with slash store underscore xx x x x x x x x slash and then a bunch of other stuff about debugging and such okay well that's one of those beautiful and unhelpful error messages because, I mean, it, it gives us kind of a hint, but it doesn't exactly tell us what we need to know, um, so you might think, okay, well, I'll um, I'll specify that folder then, because that's what it told me to do, so we'll do the gphoto dash dash upload dash file path to the file, and then we'll, we'll we need some kind of file, right, a folder rather, well, we don't know what that folder is, okay, no problem, photo under uh, two um, dash dash list dash folders, that is in the downloading, uploading, and manipulating files list in the help section of GPhoto2. It tells us, tells me that there are two folders in folder slash. There is store underscore zero 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 one zero 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 one and store underscore zero 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 two zero 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 two. There are zero folders in folder. 001 and there are zero folders in 002. Okay, so that's, uh, I I now know that there are, um, there actually are folders there. And we could do something cheeky like uh, dash dash mkdir equals uh, test. And it gives me an error and says you need to specify a folder. So in other words, in order to do anything on this phone on this device apparently you have to know you have, you have to specify the folder that's sort of the destination the target folder and the way that you do that even though it doesn't actually tell you in any of the error messages it, it is you you have to specify dash dash folder equals and then the na- the, the the path of the folder so it's either slash in my case, uh, slash store underscore zero 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 one zero 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 one slash, or all that except with twos. So I'll just, I'll do it with zero zero one zero 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 one. So the full command again, gphoto2 space dash dash upload dash file, and then slash path to my pagana d20.epub file, and then space dash dash folder equals or just dash dash folder, the equals is optional, uh, slash store underscore zero 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 one zero 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 one slash. It doesn't give me an error that time. So I'm going to look on my mobile device. I'll go to my file manager. And I'll just go to the normal storage location, which is just called storage. And there it is, Pagana D20.epub, 672 kilobytes. It's right on, right there on my on my mobile device, just as promised. Okay. So now let's try something a little bit fancier. Photo, gphoto2 dash dash make_dir equals test and dash dash folder uh, slash store underscore zero 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 one zero 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 one and again it didn't give me an error so if i go back out into my mobile device go back to the storage uh, sure enough there is a brand new folder at the top of the list called test and i'm going to delete it from my phone cuz i don't need it but there it is that that did at least that did at least do it so that is um gphoto2 you can also try again all of this is going to Depend on the support that your device has, and you can you can see that with the um, with the dash dash abilities option for GPhoto2. It'll tell you what's supported. So um, I guess we could try actually dash dash git dash file. Um, I don't think, yeah, I don't think that'll work, though. I guess we could try get dash dash, er, dash dash get dash all dash files, and then space dash dash folder slash store underscore 001 0001. Uh Before I do that, I am going to make sure that I'm in a sane location. I am. Okay, good. So, yeah. Actually, that worked. That that pulled the file off the phone and onto my hard drive, so that's that's a success. That is good. So, in other words, um, if you've got a mobile device, if it talks over the MTP protocol, or in some other cases, ADB and, and such, then you can possibly interface with it at least to some degree through GPhoto 2. It will vary depending on support of the device. Your your device may not even be supported at all. might not even might not even be an option for you but if it is it is a really really powerful and little known interface possibly to mobile devices i mean it's it's talking to lib what is it? what, what did it say libg photo or li, lib photo or something like that so i mean i guess in a in a sense it's it's not little known. It's something that's being leveraged throughout lots of different applications. All I know is that sometimes the GUIs seem to not cooperate, and it seems to be uh, somewhat difficult sometimes, a little bit annoying. So, if if you if you're having a hard time seeing your mobile device on your computer, try GPhoto2. See if see if sort of less is more. Sometimes just kind of pinging the device for a quick little bit of information seems to treat it... It, it, it seems to, to be able to get through some of the probably over-complexity that's, that's happening between, between the devices. Uh, and it has, that, that has completely changed the way that I upload data to my mobile device. It's really, really nice. So take a look at GPhoto 2. Hugely, hugely helpful very very simple you just have to remember that it it is very sort of specific as to a predefined file structure on the device so you do need to sort of probe a lot before interacting get your abilities get a layout of the w- Get abilities with dash dash abilities. Get a layout of the file system with da- uh, li- dash dash list dash folders, and and auto dash detect dash dash auto dash detect first to see if your if your device is even there. If your camera, if your computer sees your your device, you would want to do dash dash auto dash detect, and then you'll want to do dash dash abilities to get a feel for what you're going to be able to do and not be able to do, and then assuming you can manipulate files on the thing either upload or download, or delete or whatever, dash dash, list dash folders. Those are your three really important starting commands for that. You can go whatever direction you want, and all that's pretty self-explanatory, I think, with dash dash help. That's GPhoto 2, and I think that's it for this episode. I think that's a pretty good place to stop, because that's a big one. You should go explore it and check it out and try it out. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you next time. Of course, you can email me at clatu@member.fsf.org. at member.fsf.org. That's clatu@member.fsf, at member.fsf, as in Free Software Foundation.org. And of course, you can visit my various websites, gnuworldorder.info and SlackerMedia.info. I will see you next time. of astounding mysteries.